Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. Praise the Lord. Good to see you all this morning. I also just want to uh, add my thanks and uh, just kind of brag on our congregation here for a moment. I got a text last evening from uh, David Mantor. He's a retired uh, pastor in Fairmount, a friend of mine. He says, Harmony has the best, capitalized, tenderloin sandwiches and the best people helping us customers. That's the best part of that. Isn't that good? want to brag on uh, all of you. You know, one thing that I really like about the tenderloin supper, one thing that it does, it, it, it exemplifies in the flesh what should be taking place in the spirit. The teamwork and the camaraderie and how we just accomplish things is, is just a testimony. Uh, it's a good testimony here in the physical realm. But man, what a, what a way that the, to, to see how the church should be operating as well. And uh, we, we are working in that area as well to do that because the church needs to arise. That's the title of my message this morning. Let the church arise. Amen. Amen. It's time for the church to step up and to be whom God has called her to be. And I just want to speak to you about some things this morning that uh, many of you know are on my heart all the time. Uh, and so I'm going to just speak into some of these things this morning. And I just want to encourage you today. I want this to be an encouraging time for you this morning because uh, it is a time for the church to arise. And I'm sure that many of you are like me. We're, we're living in interesting days, aren't we? To say the least. And I don't like a lot of the things that are taking place. I'm very concerned about some of the things that are taking place, not only in the world, but right here in the United States of America. And I'm not talking about Democrats and Republicans. I'm talking about morals and righteousness. I'm talking about common sense and wisdom. I'm talking about attitudes towards life and the devaluing of it. Those are the kind of things that I'm concerned about. And yeah, I'm concerned about a lot of the political things that are taking place. But boy, I'll tell you what, what's going on goes way beyond Washington, D.C. And it's, a, it's time for the church to have, have her mind straight and to know where she fits in all of this and to begin to rise up and be who she's supposed to be in these final days. And I know we're going to. We are going to. It's hard for me to look at the church right now and and to realize how God's coming back for a church that is spotless. Had my, uh, did I tell you about my 50th class reunion yet? Had I told this group that? Had my 50th class reunion uh, September the 25th and we had a wagon decorated up and we had it in the James Dean parade and we were throwing candy out to people and really had a good time. It was just good. I don't know how that 50 years got passed in 25 years. But but it did. And we just had a really good time. And then uh, on banquet night, uh, we we were up at uh, Eventfully Yours, and there's a big open floor area. And, you know, the the word, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, I believe it is, says, uh, don't uh, compare yourselves with others. Well, how do you go to a 50th class reunion (laughs) and not do that? not do that so you know some people I I, you know I thought well I'm doing pretty good compared to that that person I'm not doing very good compared to that person well there's one guy I went to school with he's walking across the floor this way and I'm walking across the floor this way 
he's gained at least 100 pounds. He made me feel pretty good about my 45. <laughs> but he's walking across the floor, and he's, man, he's really struggling to come across the floor. And I'm saying, man, he, he is not in good shape. And all of a sudden, as I'm walking across the floor, it's like a knife went in my knee. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm, oh. And I look across the floor, and I'm walking just like he is. I say all that, why did I say all that? <laughs> no, I say all that to say, it's hard to look at the church today and see that she's going to be white, that she's going to be clean, she's going to be perfect. And it's going to take the Spirit of God to do that. Do you know there's a big move of the Spirit? taking place in the United States. One guy said, we need to quit saying that revival is coming because revival is here. Now, it may not be exactly where we're at, and we may not see it everywhere, but revival is here in America in places. Hallelujah. You know, there's tremendous revival over in the Middle East. The underground church is growing exponentially. Why is that? It's because people have a hunger for what's true and what's right. Yes, amen. And people are beginning to, to realize that in a greater proportion. Right here in the United States of America. There's a tent revival going on. It started out in California this past spring. They have a, 4, 000, a tent that would seat 4,000 people. People were coming in droves out in the middle of a cornfield to, to this tent. An hour and a half before the service started, people had the tent filled. And signs and wonders. The move of God. And it's still going on today. In one of the bluest states in the nation. You go across to the other side of the country. In the other bluest state is New York. Now they have a 9,000. Can you imagine a tent that seats 9,000 people? 9,000 people are coming to this tent out in the middle of nowhere. They've been having rain like crazy, making ruts, cars getting stuck. People are coming by the thousands. And once again, an hour and a half before the service starts, the tent is filled. And thousands of people outside the tent. God is moving. I want to be a part of that. I want our little church right here, Harmony Christian Church, to be a part of it. Let's take it down a little further. I want you to be a part of it. You see, it's going to take each and every one of us to become a part of this move. We have to determine in our hearts, Lord, I want to be a part of this last day revival. I want to be a part of what you're doing. But we're not going to be able to do it just by going to church on Sunday. You're not going to be able to do it by just reading your word occasionally. You're not going to be able to do it by just getting into to prayer whenever you feel like it. Or whenever everything's going good. Prayer. The word of God. Worship. Man, we've got to get people doing that. If we can get all of us praying. Reading the Word of God. Studying. The, I'm, talking, I'm not just talking about just 
picking it up and, and reading your devotion for the day. I'm talking about studying the Word of God. Begin to realize what it's trying to impart to you. Begin to realize what the Word is saying about you and about our Heavenly Father. Who He is saying you are in Christ. Because if we don't understand who we are in Christ, we'll never fulfill who we are in Christ. And until we fulfill who we are in Christ, we'll never see the church arrive. Hallelujah, I'm ready. I want, want us to be people of prayer. Why is, that, why is that so tough for us to get into prayer? Because the devil knows that that's your connection. And he'll do whatever he can. You know, what's, what's the biggest, one of the biggest enemies of today is busyness. We're busy. People come in for counseling. Married, let's just say marriage counseling. People come in for marriage counseling. What do they want, want us to do? He wants us to make her realize that he's right. She wants me to make him understand how he's wrong. And I'll say, how's your prayer life? Well, been kind of busy. How's your studying of the word? Well, you know, got the kids and got this. And how's your worship? Yeah, I don't really do much worshiping. We're too busy. How's the church ever going to rise if she's too busy? And how are you ever going to fulfill what God has for you in your life if you're too busy? But you know what I see as I look across? I do see a hunger. And as I look across our nation, there's a hunger. There's a desire. It's time for us to put our hand to the plow and begin to do what he's called us to do. But it all starts with prayer. It all starts with study of the word. And it starts with worship. And boy, when we begin to get into those things, God's going to do some things that only God can do. Hallelujah. So today, I just basically want to be a cheerleader to you. I really do. And there's a lot of things to harp on. <laughs> but I, I, want, I want to stimulate you. In fact, that's one of our verses this morning. In Hebrews 10, 24, I want to look at this in three different verses, or versions. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. That's the New American Standard. I want, let us consider how to stimulate one another. The NIV says, and let us consider how you may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You know what that means? You know what spurs are? That's what you put in the side of a horse to make him go. Sometimes we need to be spurred. Sometimes we spit. <laughs> Sometimes we do need to be spurred. And so I want to do this this morning. I want to stimulate you, but I also want to spur you a little bit. The New King James says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up. I hope you're stirred this morning. I want to stir us up into good deeds. 
I want to stir us up into relationship with the only true and living God. And I want to see us begin to be the church. Hallelujah. Genesis tells us that God looked down at his creation. He looked around and he said, it is good. And then he said, it's very good. I think he's looking around at the world today and seeing some things that are good and very good. But I think he's also looking around seeing some things that are bad and very bad. And that is where the church is supposed to shine. When things are dark, how easy it should be for our light to shine. Hallelujah. I'm going to get to my message here in a little bit. (laughs) Our life group lesson coming up is about this. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In another place, he says, you are the light of the world. Ooh. How are we the light of the world? Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Do you know the context in which he says that? That's what's going to be so interesting about the life group. I hope you are in a life group. Our leaders are going to lead you into this. This is what the life group is about. And there's going to be great conversation over this. The context that Jesus says, I am the light of the world, is when he has just ministered to the woman caught in adultery. Isn't that interesting? A woman is caught in the very act. She's thrown in front of all the people. Isn't it interesting that the guy isn't there? You know why? The Sadducees and the Pharisees are two men's groups. That guy probably belonged to one of those groups. Excuse me, just a moment. She's thrown out in front of Jesus. And Jesus says the most powerful statement. He who has no sin, let him be the one who throws the first stone. What's he doing? Man, it's a dark situation for this gal. And he is shedding light on it. He's shedding light on truth. And he's not only saying, this is how you do it. This is how that I shed light on. This is what I want you to do whenever you're in tough situations. This is what I want you to begin to fulfill by the Spirit of God. I want you to begin to shine light in darkness. I want you to begin to shine your light in situations that look like they're impossible. People are people are dying and going to hell every day. There's hurting people. I've come across so many hurting people here of late. People are hurting. What a tremendous time for us to let our light shine and let them see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. That there is an answer to their problem. That there are things that can be done only by the Spirit of God that will pull them out and will minister to them, will save their life, will save their loved ones. Let your light so shine among men. And what a tremendous time for us to do that because things can look pretty dark at times. It should be pretty easy for us to let our light shine when it's dark. Hallelujah.
It's a time for the church to rise. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And as pastors, Josh and I, Pastor Josh and I, we have a mandate, we have a calling upon our life to fulfill this. Our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And that's one thing I want to do this morning. I just want to spur you. I want to stimulate you. I want to encourage you this morning to begin to be and do what only you can do. Begin to fulfill what God has called you to do. And to rise up. When you rise up, the church rises up. Hallelujah. So what I'm doing this morning is equipping the saints a little bit. That's another reason why I would really like for everyone to be involved here on Sunday mornings, be involved in men's group, be involved in women's group, be involved in our life groups, uh, be involved in our Sunday schools. Whenever you're involved, that's whenever we are really able to disciple and to train. And, and then also we want to be able to do that on an individual basis as well. But our job is to train and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. You know, uh, none of what's taking place today has caught God off guard. God's not up there wringing his hands and wondering what he's going to do about the world situation. He's not pacing the heaven floors and uh, wondering how this thing is ever going to work out. He's already told us how it's going to work out. He's not shaking at all. However, I do think that there's a whole lot of shaking going on. And that which will not be shaken is what's going to remain. I'm going to be one. I've determined I'm not going to be shaken. I don't like, there again, I don't like a lot of what's going on, but I'm not going to allow it to shake me. We heard the verse this morning, I believe, cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. I think I've mentioned this before, but let me just remind you of this. Cast your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. None of us should be worried about what's taking place today. Young people, old people, and everybody in between, we should not be worrying about what's taking place today. Who was it that said, cast your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you? That's in 1 Peter. Peter's the one who said, cast your cares. Isn't it interesting? Peter's the... He's the dude who was in the boat whenever it was rocking and things were really looking bad. And Jesus was over in the corner sleeping. And he runs over to Jesus and he wakes him up. And what does he say? Do you not care that we perish? The very guy who says, do you not care? And then later on, he gets the revelation. He sees the fulfillment. He sees Jesus working. He sees the Holy Spirit. In action. And he says, cast your cares upon him. For he cares for you. That's what we need to be doing, folks. Cast your cares upon him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hebrews 12. Verse 26 says this. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words, once more, indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is... 
created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Amen. And we are going to remain. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You know, this is the only time in Scripture where the gates of hell are mentioned in Scripture. And I think it's very interesting. It says that the, uh, on this rock I will build my church. When Jesus said this, the church was not yet in existence. It's interesting to think about that because what is Jesus saying? He's saying, you know, he's going to be the head of the church, right? Jesus is the head of the church. He spent 33 years in starting the church, paying for the church, and gifting the church in order to establish the church. But this is his mention of the church. And what's he say? The gates of hell shall not prevail, or the gates of Hades. I'm not going to go into a big teaching. There is a big teaching on Hades and hell and all that stuff, but I don't want to go into that this morning. What I want us to understand is that there's nothing that the devil can bring that can thwart what God is going to do on the face of the earth. The word church, as used by Jesus, is the word ecclesia, E-K-K-L-A-S-I-A, ecclesia, which means the called out or assembly. So that means that the church is to be made up of those who are called out and they are to assemble. Forsake not the assembling together, my people. So you and I are the called out. You have been called. And if you've answered that call by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we are to assemble and we are not to assemble in weakness and in fear and in doubt and in unbelief. We get together, we encourage each other, we build each other up in our most holy faith. And we go forth with the sword of the Spirit, with the shield of faith, our feet shod with preparation of gospel. We go forth in the power and the might of the Lord, and we will accomplish what He's called us to do. Hallelujah. Death could not hold Him. It says... The powers of Hades shall not prevail against him. Death couldn't hold him. The grave could not keep him. The gates of Hades could not contain him. For from death he was raised to life. Hallelujah. From the grave he conquered it. From Hades he showed how that the gates of hell were no match for the king of kings. Amen. He stepped out of Hades with the keys to both Hades and to death. Revelations 1.18. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. It doesn't say that he will get the keys. He said he has the keys. So whenever Jesus says that the gates of Hades shall not prevail, he immediately shows it. He died. He went to the grave. And he went into Hades. The gates didn't keep him out. And he took captivity captive and he came right back out. The gates didn't keep him in. Hallelujah. Already the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Because the head of the church went in. He took those captive and he came out. And the gate had nothing to do whether he could go in or whether he could go out. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. He got us the victory right then and he has the keys. Praise God. 
in Jesus' day when the cities were built, they were fortified against enemies with walls. But there obviously had to be gates to allow traffic in and out. And a city was determined, the strength of a city was determined by its gates, not by its walls. Because enemies first attacked the gates. So I think it's interesting to realize that there's two sides of a gate. One side of the gate keeps things out. The other side of the gate keeps things in. The devil has no control whether you and I go in and out. The devil has no control over what we can do and what we cannot do. You know what's going to limit us? Ourselves. And it goes back to prayer. It goes back to the study of the word. It goes back to worship. That's what's going to limit us. If we're not into those things, it's going to limit us on what we can do and what we can't do. And it's not God's, it's not God's fault. Because he's done everything for us. He's made everything available to us to be victorious. We are to be overcomers. Amen? Now, there's a lot of things to overcome. You know, there's sickness and disease. But the main thing I want us to see this morning is that we as a church, as a congregation, and not just here, but the church at large, we need to be victorious over the wiles of the devil. I'm going to have a scripture on that here in just a little bit. Now let's think here for just a moment about offense and defense. Did you happen to notice uh, in all of that whenever Jesus broke through, whenever he broke in and he broke out, he was not on the defense. He was on the offense. Amen. Amen. Did you notice that, it, that Gideon and his 300, they didn't play defense against 120,000, but were rather on offense. And I think it's time for us, the church, to be taking nourishment with one hand and the sword of the Spirit in the other, just as Gideon did. Did you notice that Elijah on Mount, Mount Carmel, when he was in a duel with the 450 prophets of Baal, he was on offense. And it's time, once again, for the church to rise up whenever we have... Uh, those coming against us that we rise up and we, we're just not afraid of the challenge the devil wants to slap you across the face with his leather glove we shouldn't be afraid of the challenge if he draws a line in the sand let's step over it because Jesus is victorious hallelujah we need to be engaged we can't uh, be afraid and back down hallelujah I think it's time that we stand up and fight. We have to, <laughs> I don't know why I just thought about this. God is love, amen? amen? God is love. We have to remember though, God is not only a lamb, he's also the lion. And sometimes I think we get mixed up on whether we should be on the love boat or whether we should be on the battleship. There's times to be, you know, just float along and be on the love boat. We got love. We got love everybody, even in the midst of everything, right? But I'll tell you what. There's a time we've got to be on that battleship, and we have to know that we're in a battle. I, I'm. I, I wish we weren't in a battle, but we are. The world wants to do away with Jesus Christ here in America. 
They've already gotten rid of a lot of stuff in our schools and in our government. We've got to fight for this stuff. But we fight in a correct manner. Could you ever take note that David, whenever he was up against the Goliath, he wasn't, he wasn't on defense. He wasn't dodging Goliath's punches. No, man, he took the rock of salvation. And he took the sword of his own enemy and cut his head off. It's time for the church to arise. Hallelujah. So it's my challenge today for harmony and for the church at large that we begin to believe in the one and only true and living God of the universe. We begin to take a stand. Hallelujah. Ephesians 10, or Ephesians 6, I'm sorry, chapter 10. (laughs) No. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I think many times we struggle with this is because we're trying to be powerful in our own strength. I need to rise up. We're we're rising up, but we're rising up in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. How you doing today? I'm strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. I may not feel strong, but I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. Hallelujah. We have to grasp what that really is saying. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I can't do all things in my own strength, but I can do all things in his strength. Praise the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. A wile is this. It's a trick or stratagem intended to ensnare or deceive. It's a skill to outwit. That's what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to outwit. Because he has no truth. So he can't just come to us and speak truth. He has to try to outsmart us. He has to try to trick us. He has to try to get us to fall into pitfalls. But whenever we put on the whole armor of God, we will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places. That's spiritual warfare. We need to learn to do spiritual warfare. And I come against you, devil, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come against certain spirits. You know, if there's an alcoholic spirit, if there's a demonic spirit of some sort, we come against that. We don't come against, we don't wrestle against people. We wrestle against spirits. We have to fight against those things. Matthew 24, let's see, uh, Matthew 24, 13 says, but he who endures to the end, shall be saved. We are in a battle. But we're going to endure. To the end. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So there is a battle going on. But if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Praise the Lord. Some scripture. I'm just going to wrap up here. Some scripture here this morning to encourage you and to give you comfort. You probably all know these, but let's just be reminded. Of John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. 
but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Once again, let me reiterate, we are to be people living in peace. I'll tell you, living a life in peace is not easy, but it is so rewarding. And it's such a great place to live whenever you live in peace. The devil's going to try to stir things up. He's going to try to cause you to not live in peace. But man, what a great way to live. And the only way I know to do it is to know the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says this. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? Yes. You've overcome the world. And in this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And you know, here's my concern sometimes in people's lives. I know people say with their mouth that they've received Christ as their Savior. They say that they have become a Son of God, but they don't live like it. It's by your fruit that we're going to know. We need to begin to live like we know who Jesus Christ is. We need to know who we are in Jesus Christ. We need to live boldly. We need to have the faith of God. We need to allow our faith to arise. How does that happen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Reading your word. Praying. Worshiping. Hallelujah. We got we to gotta know who we are in Christ. And this here says... <clears throat> For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You get in between a rock and a hard place and you just declare, I know who I am in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And it will come out right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Romans 8, 28. I'll close with this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I've mentioned this verse so many times. Are you really a person who believes this? Read that scripture. Are you really a person who believes this? I believe that it doesn't matter what comes against me. He's going to work it for my good. I believe it doesn't matter what I experience in life. Somehow he's going to work it for my good. And you know, there's some terrible situations that happen sometimes. You, you think to yourself, how in the world can this ever work for anybody's good? I believe it. I just believe it. I don't know how he's going to do it. I just know that the word says we know that all things were all things. He didn't leave anything out. All things work together for good to those who love God. There's, a, that, there's that qualification. Do I, do I really love God? To those who are called according to his purpose. We talked about earlier how that you are called. Be encouraged today. There's some bad stuff going on out there. The world is dark. What a tremendous time to let your light shine. And to cause the church to arise. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I'm so thankful for this tremendous plan that you have come up with of the church. You gave birth to the church. 
You are the head of the church. May your church arise. And may you be glorified in it all. We bless you and give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let the church arise. Let's go get them.